Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, welcome, my friend. How are you doing? An amazing show for you today. All thanks to Judy Francis booking what I would say is a couple of really kind of fun celebrities. Yeah. We have... Susan Olson, who was Cindy Brady. Oh, on, yes. On the Brady Bunch. The for little, us. The, she was the youngest one with the lisp, the little the, the little baby her, one. Yeah, had her hair and like curly pigtails. Yeah. She must be doing something with animals, and we'll be talking to her in just a few minutes. Also, Paul Reiser, comedian Paul Reiser from Mad About You and uh, lots of movies. He's also a very talented musician and book writer. And book writer. I think his third or fourth book he's, right now done three books yes and we'll be talking to him a little later on today right here on animal radio and if you live in the los angeles or santa barbara area we'll have tickets for you to go check him out all the details on the way in just a couple of minutes right here stacy what are you working on well the list is out the popular dog names for the year have come out and uh, i do have one of the popular dog names one of my dogs jack he's a black lab but i think every black lab in the u.s is named jack because whenever we go to the dog park and there's a black lab they're always jack uh ladybug is not on this list by the way she's special anyway i'll give you all the details coming up on what they are on animal radio news deb what do you make of these new freeze resistant cockroaches that have invaded manhattan the what the freeze resistant cockroaches that have invaded manhattan Oh, are those the yeah, ones a, from, like, uh, Asia or something? Yes, it's a new species of hardy Asian cockroach, and I have not heard... I've been freezing cockroaches for years. I have not heard of this. I think uh, they're sturdy. That's what I get out of it. It's just a, just another thing those obnoxious New Yorkers can brag about. Not enough they got the largest rat population. No, they got cockroaches that can't be frozen. I like how you say cockroaches. 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 Did you read where bedbugs, they can survive severe cold? I read that the other day, too. Very, very very disappointed in that. Well, you can actually freeze items to help kill the bedbugs, though. So that is one method to actually kill them off. You can't kill them, though. They're they're just, they don't need food. How do you kill them, Deb? How do you kill them? How? How? Well, you can actually, what I've done, because I'm a bedbug freak, I will tell you this. So I do go to the bedbug registry when I travel. And I check wow, out the right. hotels where I'm staying. What? what is what, there what, really what, a bedbug registry? Is there? Yes, there is. There's a bedbug registry, and you can basically up. go in, put the hotel, the city, and they actually they people go on the site after they've stayed at a place and come home with bedbugs. So um, you know, because Vegas is a big area and there's a lot of hotels, I you know check some of those things out, and you know it is pretty. It's widespread. You you'd be shocked and amazed. So I have this protocol. I do anytime I travel, I um, come home. I uh, empty my suitcase i launder everything i vacuum it if it's summertime i leave the suitcase outside with everything in it and i leave it out for several hours in 100 degree heat and that will help to kill them wow or if it's an item you can't do that to um you could put it in a freezer bag and you leave them in the freezer for 24 hours and that will kill off the bed bugs wow a bed bug registry and speaking of registries (laughs) in just a few minutes we're going to be talking to somebody who i believe is for the orange county california registry for dangerous dogs. We talked about this a couple of weeks back. They're trying to put together a registry, like the Sexual Offenders Registry, of dogs that are dangerous in your neighborhood, especially if you live in Orange County. Uh, some people think that's kind of a bad thing to do. Some people think it's a really good thing. It, hmm. it definitely polarizes everybody, and it makes the phones ring here. Hey, Patrick. Uh, hello. Hey, how are you doing? Where are you calling from? I'm doing fine. I'm calling from Cypress, California. Where is that? Uh, that's in Orange County. I guess you could say... Uh, it's by Anaheim, by Disneyland, about uh, about eight miles from there, and about 
five miles away from Knott's Farm. Beautiful and place. It borders uh, L.A. County. So what do you got going on with your animals? Now, here's the story, okay? Now, I've got myself an uh, uh, American Standard Pink Nose Pitbull Champion. You know what I mean? This guy's purebred in there. Uh, he's got a spot on his eye. looks like pee. That's why I picked him out. But he's got a little brindle on him. But he's about 110 pounds. Now, this guy, he's clever. I used to have a... Um, a shepherd. Now he was smart, but this guy's clever and he does a lot of tricks, does everything, and everybody thinks he's really smart. But there's one problem I have with him is that I take him out, you know, um, and I used to have problems in the front yard where I take him out before we go for a ride, and if he starts, you know, instead of sniffing like all my other dogs and every other dog I knew, they just sniff and they, you know, they go over here and do their pee, and. Uh, this dog, he goes over here and he'll sniff, and then he'll pee, and then he'll go to some spots, and he'll sniff, and then, and then he'll go over here and he does a couple licks, and then he goes over here and does that little, you know, with the thing with the mouth, and he starts frothing a little bit, and he comes back, and I'm going, I'm going, dude, man, no licking. No dude, that's normal. That's normal. Yard. Dude, dude, that's normal behavior for a dog right there, dude. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. did that. And All right. Okay. That's normal. We Gentlemen. And the thing is, he, he could be tracking stuff, and then when he's done doing that, you know, I go, hey, what, good boy, get in the car. And then he wants to give me a, you know, a kiss and give me a lick <laughs> on the face. Like, oh, like, dude. yuck, you know. I mean, I have no idea what he's looking off that, uh, off the ground, off the floor, whatever. But he doesn't do it in the front yard nowhere. He gets in the car, and then it's not until I go to the store or this store or that store, he'll find his butt, and then he licks right off. Awesome. All right. Hey, so Patrick, I got to interject in here. I totally well, agree with Alan. Can you stop him from doing that? Hey, hey, okay, hey wait, Patrick, Alan. be quiet. The doctor's in the house. Okay. Be quiet, Patrick. <laughs> Patrick, so is your dog neutered? Is he neutered? Oh. Uh, no. It's an easy answer, yes or no? Does he have his testicles or not? No. Okay. So, all right. Well, you got a stud who loves pheromones, and he loves licking them up. So you're Mm -hmm. just going to have to deal with it. You like those testicles. He likes those testicles. This is a natural behavior, and it is amplified in dogs that are intact. They definitely, he's picking up scent signatures from those other dogs, whether they're males or females or whatever, and he's going to do this. He's going to froth up at the mouth, and it's just going to happen. And uh, unless Patrick. Patrick, my man, you got a dog there, buddy. You know, people, isn't this right, Dr. Debbie? People are always, they get excited and they get grossed out by what dogs do because they don't know dogs are supposed to do that. And they think, I would never do that. I would never lick that. That's gross. That's disgusting. But dogs, they get off on that. They got this little, don't they got this little uh, uh, gland in the roof of their mouth? I forget what it's called. It begins with a V and, and the scent goes up there and they can actually taste the scent and the Vomeronasal organ, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, that thing. Yeah, uh, A bitch in heat or something like that, that might have did that. It doesn't even have like, to be that. Man, it doesn't even uh, have to be a know, female in heat. It may be more amplified if he comes across a dog in heat or even, say, a dog with a urinary tract infection or something. That's going to get a dog mm. excited just as much. Well, no, so, not, really, you're not going to stop this. Back, he looks at me and he gives me that, and he's got his head down like, and he's got that look on him and like, yeah. oh, man. He's getting all this okay. cool information. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to tell you is this would be the same thing as if you were checking out a hot lady and your head went go and it turned to the right. 
Yeah. You, that is the same kind of thing. Put it in a human context. You know, yeah, their yeah, natural yeah. behavior, Patrick, he's doing. And then, and then to take it further, like you being a guy, like if you saw a real hot <laughs> woman, you know, and you were checking around, then the next thing would be you try to kind of just to just brush up or just walk by close so you can get a sniff of her fragrance, you know? Oh, you want to do that? You know? Stop it, you guys. This is getting weird. And then, then, then you're frothing and then at the mouth, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you start frothing. you start frothing, you know what you need to do? You need to get yeah. that dog neutered, is what you need to do. Really? Yes. That's, oh, man, yeah. I don't know. Yep. This dude well, actually can't, can't do that. Listen, listen, hey, hey, come here. Stop her. I mean, listen, come here. You're going to get your surprise. Come here. Come here, buddy. Come here. Now, listen. Now, dig this. Dig this. I trained him in dog language, okay? He says, now, hey, I love Judy, okay? There it is. Holy moly. Wow, Wow, that was amazing. That's amazing. It really is. Now, for the rest of you guys, now dig this in dog language. Hey, come here. Say happy holiday. Hey. Is he cool or what? That is probably you know the he, most coolest dog I've ever seen. And you know, you know what? You know what he's. You know what he really said, Patrick. He said, "Come on down here and check out this urine. It's fascinating." <laughs> Patrick, <laughs> hey, thanks for your call today, buddy. I appreciate it. You cheered me up. That was fun. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. That guy's funny. Yeah, we handled him, Deb. We handled him, good girl. <laughs> he's a champion. He's not supposed to lose a testicles if he's a champion. No, no, he's got to go out there and do his. You know, for some reason, guys think. Well, I know what the reason is. They they imagine it happening, you know, to themselves. They think mm-hmm. taking the testicles of a dog off is the cruelest thing you could ever do. That's well, why yeah, guys sure. think that. Yeah. That's why they have nudicles, the fake nudicles or the fake testicles yeah. that you can throw those puppies in and uh, still have your owner's manhood. Not, that's not good enough for most guys, you know. That's just not good enough. I'm a nudical juggler. I mm. perform at kids' parties. They love it. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the Grain-Free Red Barn Naturals, canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more at redbarninc.com. And thank you so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In Brandon, Florida, a 12-year-old Shelby Terahay thought she was helping her pet turtles when she moved them into the house to protect them from the cold. They were happily swimming around in the family bathtub when Shelby's dad came in and caught Bella, the family golden retriever, standing in the tub. Bella then jumped out and started smacking his lips. A quick head count revealed that one of the palm-sized turtles was missing. They quickly called the vet who talked them through making Bella vomit and out came Pepper. Pepper the turtle, that is. Pepper survived around 10 minutes inside the dog and came out very much alive but with a cracked shell. The vet was able to put the shell back together with some dental acrylic. So now Pepper and Bella are doing just fine. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
Hi, this is Elaine Boozler on Animal Radio. Stay and to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> <laughs> People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Uh, Hey, Tim. Hello. How are you doing today? Doing good. Where are you calling from? Panama City Beach, Florida. Oh, I bet it's beautiful there today. It's nice and hot. Well, I understand you have dog issues. Well, yeah, they're they're great little dogs. We have two Cairn Terriers. Um, it's a new color day. They're wheat colored Cairn Terriers. Two wow. sisters out of the same litter. And uh, when my wife takes them out to walk, they just turned four years old. But when she takes them out to walk, and they've pretty much always done this, it's just like sled dogs. You know, they they walk you, you don't walk them. And um, we. You know, she don't want to put a choker chain on them. She's afraid it's going to hurt them. And we're trying to figure out, you know, other than, you know, if, if that's what we need to do or if, we, you know, if there's something else we can do. Well, Tim, you're a nice guy. Your wife, you're wonderful people. You're the kind of people that I would love to live next door to because I can just tell you're sweet people. And, and you know, sweetness does not equate with being a good dog parent. Sweetness is something you save for last. And so what you've got now is you've got those retractable leashes on the dog, don't you, where, you know, you can no, let out the rope. Regular, they're regular nylon, you know, loop. They don't, they're not retractable. It's just like a five-foot or six-foot leash. All right, so how much time do you have? Have to, for the dogs? Yeah, 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 to work with your dog. Well, we can we can work with them in the mornings or in the afternoon or in the evenings. You know, we we pretty we, I work for myself and she does too. We have our own business and uh, so we That's can you know, we can pretty much you know do whatever we want to do. So, well, what technique do you want? Do you want the simple technique because there is none, <laughs> or do you want the do you want the firstly the choker chain will not hurt your dog. It's the way you use the choker chain that can hurt your dog. Basically, a choker chain is just something to give your dog a little friendly reminder that he's not acting the way you want. It's the way you use it. So you're not going to hurt your dog by putting a choker chain on your dog. So that that's a really important thing. You've got to have some sort of a collar on your dog that you can use to give your dog a correction. The easy the easiest technique I'm going to give you for working with your dog, and believe me, none of them work overnight. You've got to be oh, patient, calm, and... All right. You're going to have to work with one dog at a time, though. You don't want to work with them both, or your wife has to take one, you take the other one, okay? Right. And and the preparation starts before you leave the house. So before you leave the house, you know, you, you, and you're getting ready to take your dog for a walk, there's certain things you do that get him immediately excited. Maybe you pick the leash up, and he sees that, and he gets really excited by it, right? Oh, yeah. That's exactly okay. what happened. All right, so what you're going to do now is you're going to pick the leash up, but you're not going to take them out. And you're going to do that a lot. You're just going to pick the leash up and walk around the house with it so he never knows when he's going out. That's yeah. the first thing you're going to do. The second thing you're going to do is when you leave the house, you wait till the dog is calm. You just sit there. You stand there with the dog at your side. You stand there. You don't move. As soon as he's calm, you make a move towards the door. If he gets excited, you stop. You're going to do a lot of starting and stopping. And once you get him outside, you start walking. As soon as he starts pulling, you just stop. 
You just stop walking and stand there. Now, it's important that you know you don't talk, Tim. You and your wife sure. do not talk to the dog. Just stand there. As soon as he calms, you start walking again. As soon as he starts pulling, you stop again. And the whole time, the leash is glued to your body like you're a tree stump. You've got it glued to your side or to your chest. And you're training your dog to walk on your side, never in front of you. So if he starts walking in front of you and pulling, you just stop, stand there, and you don't move for as long as it takes for him to mellow out. Okay. Does any of that make sense to you, buddy? It's going to take oh, yeah. a long time. Yeah, yeah. It's go- it's going to take a long time. those uh, harnesses. It's supposed to stop them from pulling, you know, when they pull and all that, but I don't think those, those haven't worked, so. Tim, you know. nothing stops a dog from pulling but you. Well, what people don't yeah. understand is, like, let's say you take your dog out, you train your dog for 15 minutes. Well, what are you doing the other 23 hours and 45 minutes a day? You're teaching right. your dog stuff without him even knowing it. Without you even knowing it, you're teaching your dog all kinds of things. And what you've got to do is you've got to be in charge. You've got to act like a leader. You've got to stop feeling sorry for your dog and worrying about him. And, you know, you've got to treat him like a dog, and you've got to be the leader that says, hey, I don't like this behavior. Cut it out. And the way yeah. you do that is with your body, not with your words. The okay. way you do that is when your dog starts pulling on a leash, you just stop walking. Okay. And you wait yeah, for him to stop pulling. before. That's what you got to yeah. do, buddy. That the, um, the other question was is when the doorbell rings, by no means are they vicious. They've never even offered or tried to bite anyone. They really won't even lick you. But when somebody rings the doorbell, they go crazy. Mark. Yeah. Of course, and then once it's the people ter- get inside, they're all excited. They don't, you know, jump on you or do nothing like that. It's just that doorbell is like a boxer, I guess. You ring the, you know, when he's ready to box. But they, well, you see, they just go you barking see, crazy. And why do you think your dogs go barking crazy? Um, I don't know. <laughs> all right, the, just, the, the correct the answer. excites them. Tim, the correct answer is yes, it does excite them. But why do they go crazy, Tim? Because you let them go crazy. You give them the space. They're they're just being territorial. They're protecting their territory. And, and, And the doorbell keys them up and it gets them excited. Another thing to understand is if you take them on long walks, it'll mellow them out. They probably won't go as crazy. They're just looking for ways to stimulate themselves, too. But you've got to teach them that the space in front of the door is yours. And you do that by practice with a buddy. You have a buddy outside. You tell him to ring the doorbell as soon as he goes to ring the doorbell and the dog makes his move to go to the door you stand in front and hurt him away with your body and teach him that's your space and then you teach him to lay on his rug and be quiet and then you do it over and over and over and over again with your body with your actions not with your words Mm -hmm. when he starts doing what you want you tell him good dog and give him a treat okay now being four years old, are they still? We can still teach them to do that, correct? Absolutely, you can teach. Okay. There's no such thing as not being able to teach an old dog new tricks. You can change <laughs> okay. a dog's behavior, yeah. but yeah. but Tim, it's all about your mental state of mind, your attitude, not about so much what you do, what you think inside. You've got to think inside. Hey, I've got two out of control kids here, and I'm going to teach yeah. them to behave themselves. Yeah. Check out Animal Radio highlights, all the good stuff without the blah blah blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. 
Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. This is Animal Radio, baby. Stacy, what are you working on? Do you ever sit next to your dog and you just want to kiss him and hug him and then they do that? <sighs> yeah, that sound where you smell the breath. <laughs> then your head goes back and you go, ooh, what did you just eat? It smells like fish that's been left out for six weeks. Well, if left untreated, a dog's bad breath could lead to something worse. But I've got some tips to help you so you can keep that breath smelling just fresh as daisies in a meadow. I'll give you the details on how you can keep your dog's breath fresh. Coming up on Animal Radio News. I was at Petco getting some presents for my dogs and cats. Uh-huh. And they actually have mints, impulse item mints right up there for your dogs. For your dogs. For your dogs. Mints. So I oh. what it, yeah. Hey, you know who we're going to welcome to the air right now is we have Paul Reiser. If you, I first watched him in Mad About You, but he's done so many things since. He's not only a great actor, but a phenomenal musician. He's written some great books. Uh, the books, I believe, um, all hood books, babyhood, familyhood, couplehood. And it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Paul, are you there? I am here. I, I noticed, don't, no reason to slow down the lovely introduction. Well, I was enjoying it. I was looking at the difference between the three different books here, and really... I get younger, don't I? You do get younger. Uh-huh. You get more hair, if I'm reading it <laughs> yeah, in the right direction. It's a deal I, I made with the devil years ago. <laughs> um, you might have them in the wrong sequence, I'm going to respectfully <laughs> that's, suggest. That's probably what... backwards. Couplehood was first, uh, then babyhood, then familyhood, and then I'm working on my next one, deathhood. Oh, Definitely. which will be very uh, hopefully uh, late in coming. So, uh, listen now, you don't have any pets at home, right? That's wrong. See how you're wrong? I am wrong. Oh, he's, wrong. wrong. he's always wrong. I have right in front of me. I'm looking at a uh, my beautiful chocolate lab. Uh, oh. I don't want to say his name because he'll get up. <laughs> and uh, he's so happy and content now. Uh, no, but I have a chocolate lab who's eleven and a half, and uh, wow. a great beautiful dog. We do our research on Wikipedia. We try to vet every, get all the information. Yeah, I guess that was a family secret. Now, you know, I heard you talking about the, the dog breath and the mints. Yes. I find it fascinating that whatever that smell is, and it's not the worst smell in the world. There are worse smells sure. than, than dog breath. But it is it is something that you cannot reproduce in any other laboratory. You cannot concoct <laughs> and get the elements to produce that dog breath. It must percolate inside a dog uh, as the only way to get it. And that's what makes it so special. Yeah. So if you see anything, oh, we can we can use a spray if you like it. We can make a spray so you can simulate. You know, if your dog is out of town or you're out of way, when you miss your dog, here's that spray. I say no, don't get it because you can't. It's a false. It's a falsehood. That's my next book. False falsehoods. <laughs> so, what's your dog's name? Bosco the dog. Bosco. Bosco. Does Bosco have bad breath? Uh, you know what? He really doesn't. And and I also and I don't mind bad breath, dog breath. I enjoy. I don't like bad breath on people. Yeah. But I I, I must say I I never mind uh, uh, the breath of the dog. You know that's he, here's the problem, and, and it's not his problem. We should. He is the exact same color as our floor. Uh, and he's in, he's impossible. He, 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 it's like one of those puzzles. You can't. It's like where's Waldo? You can't actually see him. He's right there, and he's ninety pounds, and yet he's invisible. He sinks in, and uh, so it's a bit of a danger because people have tripped over him. So we're thinking of painting him fluorescent orange. <laughs> so it might not be the best thing for him, but if lost at sea. You're going to find this dog. You're really yeah, thinking yeah. ahead there, yeah. So, uh, and I'm glad you say that you like your dog's breath, because I kind of like my dog's breath. It's kind of fun, and it's also special, because you know, I know who that is. You don't have to turn around. <laughs> you go, that's all, that can only be one person. 
<laughs> How long have you had Bosco? Oh, we got him. He was uh, young, like uh, like brand new. He was like six weeks. It wasn't even eight weeks. He was six weeks old, and uh, really beautiful. And then, and of course, they get big very fast. He's slowing down a little bit. I see it now. Uh-huh. I see it. You know what? He used to sit. I, this is how exciting my life is, by the way. I used to watch my dog sit and watch squirrels. So I'm not even watching the squirrel. I'm watching one animal ch- watch another animal. And, uh-huh. he'd be, and he would chase him. He would see it. And now he just, uh, he sort of lets them be. He, he watches, but he's not in a hurry to get them. Because truth he's be told, when he got them, he wouldn't know what to do anyway. But um, let me ask you this about squirrels, and, and this is the reason I'm calling. No, it's not the real reason I'm calling. <laughs> I, I'm calling so that everybody will come down to the show, which is not till February in Santa Barbara. But put that aside. Yeah. Squirrels, if you watch them, you will note they will scurry from one tree to the other. And I see, I'm watching this, and he's going back and forth, and he's obviously building a home of some sort in one tree, but he's got all the supplies in the other tree. So he's going with the branch, and he's got like a construction hat on, and he's got a little flashlight. He's, he's clearly building. <laughs> what my question is, what could possibly be better, so much better about the second tree that he's going to relocate? Because the first tree, he seems very happy. He's got all his supplies, but no, he's decided tree number two is for him. This is what he's got a girl you, on the side in that tree. Huh? Oh, I was say he must be a male. Yes, yeah. yeah well, or maybe it's for the kids. Maybe better schools in the second tree. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you're, you're happy, but you got to make a move for the children. <laughs> That's what I suspect it is. See, I think he's a male. He can't commit, so he's got to go to the next tree. Uh, could be, could be interesting. You know what? For your interest, I next time I see the squirrel. I'm going to investigate a little closer. Okay. I'm going to pick up the tail and see what's going on. Okay. I I want to see that one. That's going to be fun. Squirrels have uh, notable sexual parts. Do they? They sure do. Really? Are they marked? Would it have a a little line that says squirrel penis as it's pointing? Uh, No. There's no color coding or uh, arrows there. No. That would help me. (laughs) By the way, I'm glad we're getting this on the record because short of this, absent this, I think my family might be alarmed. They see me pinning down a squirrel and, and looking yeah. underneath it. They go, wow, that is snap. That is really snap. But now they see I'm doing it for science. Yes. yes. Just make sure to videotape. Yes, I will videotape it and get it to you. Well, you know, you talk about uh, animals. Some some animals being cute and some animals being uh, the ones you can eat. You don't really yes, think about. you don't eat the cute ones. You don't, you don't, uh, you know, and you eat... You get, in fact, people get angry uh, because the dolphins are getting caught in the tuna nets. Then they go, well, you can't do that to the dolphin. But they don't seem to mind the ugly tunas that are getting chopped up and put in a can. But if it has a little head and a puppy and a name, it's so cute. So it pays to be cute if you're an animal. That's why very few, very few pet porcupines, by the way. Not so cuddly. You need to be cuddly and cute. <laughs> there you go, Paul Reiser. Now, is this, uh, are you just playing in Santa Barbara or are you playing all over the country here? Well, I am playing all over the country. Okay. Um, but I, it's, and the word tour is a very loosely used word. Okay. I, I, I've been going out at a very uh, gentlemanly pace. Every, every, uh, every weekend or every other weekend, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm taking the next couple of weeks off and doing doing some stuff. But uh, in February, I'm going to pick up, and on I think it's I think it's Valentine's Day. It Valentine's, is Valentine's you know, Day. This week. What a lovely idea that I get to come come up to Santa Barbara. And uh, I played the lovely Lobero, Lobero, how do you pronounce it? I think it's Lobero, Lobero Theater. Lobero Theater, which I have been at. It's a beautiful theater. And I'm looking forward to being there. And uh, you know what? The tickets yes. tickets are kind of cheap. I was kind of surprised. Are they? 
Yeah, well, twenty nine fifty. I mean, not right. You know what? I'm not going to knock myself out for twenty nine fifty. I wouldn't do that. I'm going to do the B material. Yeah, B material. And oh, let, well, by, by the way, I say they make that a plus. They people would be foolish to not come. Yeah, exactly. And this is, by the way, and it's twenty nine fifty. I think it's at least. Uh, I'm going to be doing forty dollar jokes for only twenty. That's a deal. Yeah, that's really awesome. Every joke you're making eleven bucks. You'd be crazy not to come down. That's such a deal. You're, it's a really an investment. Yeah, absolutely, it's a. <laughs> You know, and if you get a couple, I think I think you get uh, you don't get anything for free. But for every if every couple you get uh, a lovely a rose or something, we'll think of something romantic. Well, that sounds okay. like fun. Now, of course, you're doing this uh, sort of tour. Where can we find out more other dates? Uh, I have a I have a website. It's paulreiser dot com, and uh, I will, I have been going all over the country. It's funny I had not been doing stand up for twenty years to be honest. Wow. When, yeah. when Mad About You started, which is nineteen ninety two, I was seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kind of got sidetracked and then forgot to get back to it. And I just really in the last year or two that I, I got out again and, and I'm loving it. And it's, you know, and it's something it, it's somehow even better this time. There's something about a connection with the audience that, you know, it feels like getting together with old friends, you know, people that we haven't I haven't seen. They haven't seen me, but you can hit the ground running and you just pick up where you left off. And uh, so I've been having a great time, and uh, and I hope people come down because it's a beautiful theater. But if it's empty, that's going to be sad. Oh, it won't be empty. All right, it's fairly admirable what you're doing. A lot of comedians they'll start doing their comedy, and then they'll work into acting, doing movies, uh, writing, uh, directing. They never usually take that trip back to doing stand-up. You know, it's funny. That was the first thing when I started, and I only wanted to be a comedian. And that was as far as I imagined or wanted. And I was very lucky, and everything sort of panned out, and I got some wonderful opportunities. And I, But I never was one of those guys, like, you know, that said, hey, I can't wait to put away comedy. I was looking forward to getting back to it. I was just a little bit slow in the return. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing it. Yeah, I'm having a great time. And if you come down, I, I don't think animals are permitted in the in the actual theater. No. It's it's a very beautiful theater. Uh, so you might have to leave the pets at home. Yeah. I know it's a pet oriented radio, so I'm saying leave the pets at home, kiss them nicely, and then and it won't, I won't keep you long. You know, be like you know how long could it be? An hour or two, and then you'll be home. And it's an investment. Now, before we let you go, yes. Uh, do you let Boss go in bed? Do you, oh, absolutely. He sleeps with you. You know, I'm going to be quite honest. I'm okay. even, I'm sure. Last in the last uh, ten, twelve months, doesn't have the he's not doesn't have the the uh, he's like Kobe. He can't quite he, he can't quite leap the way he used to. Oh, so he's not Aww. getting up. But um, <laughs> I would say he is suffering with the same uh, incomplete leap. <laughs> <laughs> also, I will give this to Kobe. My dog cannot dribble to his left. Um, and, and he also doesn't pass the ball, by the way. If he gets the ball, he kind of keeps it in his mouth. I mean, my dog, not Kobe. But neither of them, uh, notably. Although, lately, Kobe's been sharing nicely, I have to say that. Um, also, by the way, we don't let Kobe in the bed. Just so you know. Great guy. I admire his work. He's not getting on the bed. Oh, good. There you go. Paul Reiser, he's going to be in town. I'm going to have tickets to the Libero Theater. Call me right now. It's at one 405 If you're not lucky enough to get through, head on down there. Pay for the tickets and an investment in your future. Oh, and my Paul goodness. Reiser, it's crazy not to, to, not to show up. This is Animal Radio. 
Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. A few weeks back, we were talking about these bed bug registries. No, not the bed bug registries, the vicious dog registries. This is, of course... Uh, in the Orange County area, where they're trying to legislate this registry uh, on the web, where they mark where there's vicious dogs within the city, so that people know if they're living near a vicious dog. And th- this actually hasn't happened yet. It goes to vote, I believe, tomorrow. And we have Ryan Drayback. He's the director of OC Animal Care. How are you doing, Ryan? Good, sir. How are you? Very good. So what's going on? What is the uh, legislation? And you're behind it, right? Well, it's something that uh, that we as an agency brought forward. Uh, you know, we're trying to be proactive. There, there's several other communities uh, across the United States that that have uh, that have formed uh, these websites with this type of information. Um, it wouldn't actually be legislated. It would be a, a board directive, so a directive given by uh, our our board of supervisors in the county and uh, our agency of the 34 cities in Orange County. We serve uh, 17 of those cities in the unincorporated areas. So that's that's where this would apply. Okay, and this is for vicious dogs. Now, there's two. There's categories. There's potentially dangerous dogs and vicious dogs. What's the difference between those labels? The definition, really, uh, of the incidents that the the, uh, the types of incidents that the dogs are involved with. So uh, each definition carries uh, sort of a description of the type of incidents that a dog would be involved with that involved with that may categorize them. As so I have a question. I have a question right off the bat. I have a question sure. for you right off the bat. Let's Let's say I'm sitting in my house, 2 a.m., some guy breaks in, tries to kill me, and my dog viciously attacks him. Does my dog go on the list? Uh, the ordinance is pretty specific that uh, an ins- instance of trespassing uh, or somebody coming on your, your property unwanted it is not included uh, as far as the definition of, of what those are. The, the primary definition, or excuse me, the, the primary term in relation to these would be an unprovoked attack. So an incident where a dog attacks unprovoked. Somebody's trespassing on your property, that would in essence be a provoked sure. incident. A vicious dog kills somebody or seriously maims them. But let's say they killed them. I've never heard of a situation where a dog that's killed somebody has actually not been euthanized. Yeah, remains in the neighborhood. Certainly wouldn't be something we would uh, put back in a neighborhood. So the the our ordinance uh, specifically, which is pretty much in line with what state law specifies as far as those two designations, uh, pretty much allows uh, the director of our organization, which would be myself, to make that determination no matter what the incident. So if we feel a dog... Uh, is a is a serious public safety concern and can't be returned. We can seek destruction on that dog. Now, granted, those owners still have all the due process in the world. Um, you know, they have an administrative hearing. They can actually appeal our decision to superior court. But you know, if we believe that a dog should not be returned, whether it's the severity of the incident or we believe it just poses that significant of a public threat, we can seek destruction on that dog. Sure. I see. In 2012, there was two. 
2,384 dogs reportedly bit people in Orange County. That's up from 2,281 in 2011. A significant increase. After these attacks, if a dog is determined safe enough to return home, what are the fines and fees that an owner must pay? Well, it depends. Uh, you know, obviously with those 2,000, not every single one of those meets the definition uh, of potentially dangerous or, or vicious. Again, it goes back to where those tax uh, provoked or were they unprovoked? Uh, I think that same year we did about 180 plus uh, investigations, which means you know only about 180 of those 2,000 plus bites were actually investigated because we felt that they possibly might meet those definitions. So if a dog is investigated, if it is declared uh, potentially dangerous or vicious, and that declaration is upheld by our agency and by Superior Court, uh, then the person must maintain a permit from year to year that actually costs $644 per year to maintain that dog. Uh, And they also are required to pay a fee for the investigation, uh, which is $666. Again, $666 for the investigation. Correct. uh, Happens to be the number of the beast there. I'm I'm wondering... (laughs) I think that's coincidental. Okay. Those, those fees are established by our Board of Supervisors, and they're based on a cost study that's done by our Auditor-Controller Department, and uh, yeah, that's based specifically on, on the amount of staff time it takes and, and the reporting uh, you know, procedures and everything else that's rolled into the actual cost of those. So we don't make money off of that. It's just trying to recoup costs uh, that we incur doing those investigations. Do you have any animals that would be put on this list already? Should it pass? Uh, you're talking about on the on the website on the dangerous dog list. Are there? Currently- we are, yeah, we already have. Uh, I think it's a little over 100 dogs that are currently declared in our jurisdiction. Wow. So yes, they they would fall under this. What are you going up against? Are there people that are uh, against this? I would assume they're wrong. I think the, the biggest feedback we've uh, we've encountered is uh, folks believe that it may, in fact, reduce property values. Also, that you know it's an infringement on on privacy. Uh, you know, from from our perspective, this is already public information. Uh, you know, if you do live on a certain street and you want to know if there's dangerous or, or vicious dogs on your street, you already can request that information from us. This was just a way for us to to proactively uh, engage our community and make the, uh, make sure they were aware, uh, you know, of where animals are that have been involved in aggressive, unprovoked incidents uh, that they may be living near. So we would include a description of the dog, uh, what its declaration is, and an address. So no owner information or anything like that. But it's really just a way to, to provide some awareness to our community. Okay, well, keep us posted on that. I guess it goes to vote tomorrow night, and uh, we'll keep everybody up to date right here on Animal Radio. Ryan Drabeck, Orange County Animal Care Director. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you very much. Uh, just, I, I don't like bureaucrats. I, I just I just don't like every. They're always looking for laws to create that supposedly help me, but in reality, they don't help me. Check out Animal Radio Highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Holy education! Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from the TV series Batman. You've got to keep listening to Animal Radio. Wowie zowie. They've got the best information. It's so entertaining. To the Batmobile citizens. 
Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. Toyota has purchased airtime for a 60-second commercial during the Super Bowl in February. Ed Luckers, Group VP of Toyota Marketing and Toyota North America, said, We're excited to feature the all-new 2020 Highlander in our spot in the big game. There's no better way to kick off the marketing campaign for the fourth generation of this benchmark SUV than during the most-watched television event of the year. To find your new Highlander, check out our reviews at OurAutoExpert.com. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service. For professional parts people you can trust, stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices. Every day. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio. Featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks, And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Let's uh, welcome to the show Susan Olson. She was Cindy Brady on the Brady Bunch. Hi, Susan. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? It's so great to hear that you're around and doing such great work. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, you. you hear about all the children actors. Oh, that yes. travel the dark path, should I say? Yeah, yeah. But, we, in fact, we hear too much about them. Yes, there's, there's just as many. In fact, probably way more. I, I don't know. I think the um, the percentage might not be all that higher than the percentage of people, just like normal, regular people that that kind of go the dark road. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that being famous kind of exacerbates it, but uh, there's there's plenty. Plenty, plenty of former child actors were very happy, content people. They're probably not still in the business, but... <laughs> That's why fun. they're happy. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> well, you're keeping busy with the animals. I understand you're working with uh, Precious Paws. Yes, I am. Precious Paws and Petopia. And Petopia. And the I guess they work together. I guess Petopia is a, an umbrella for Precious Paws? Petopia is a really unique concept that can replace the shopping mall pet stores. And rather than being a store, it's an adoption center. So groups like Precious Paws can show their animals at the place. And it's like a store and people can come in and, and um, it's Probably, well, undoubtedly the best adoption venue I've ever seen. Cage-free. The animals are in rooms and playing and being normal, and they have bonding rooms where you can relate to the animals and see if it's somebody that you want to adopt. The common shelter where you go to adopt animals is usually off the beaten path, and you usually have to go to it intentionally. Putting these adoption areas inside malls, I don't want to say it's impulse shopping, but there may be people that are going to the malls for other reasons, and they see these animals here. So I'm sure the adoption rate's got to be through the roof. Um, well, it could be, but um, once again, the, the screening pro- there is a screening process when you adopt an animal. Now, granted, you can go to a shelter and, um, well, they, you know, I mean, they don't make sure that the animal is going to a decent household. I mean, I've heard of people going in and, and uh, adopting kittens so they can give their uh, pet boa constrictor a birthday present, oh. a really nice meal. Oh. Um, well, I want to know is how the Brady Bunch got their animals. They were horrible pet owners. Oh, thank you very much. Most people, <laughs> when I say the Bradys were just a nasty <laughs> role model for pet owners, they go, "Oh, come on!" They didn't. They didn't neuter Tiger, <laughs> and he got out and he impregnated a local dog. Um, we'd have pets for one show, uh-huh. and then suddenly they're gone. <laughs> well, didn't you have a cat in the very first show, and then there was yes, never? We did. Yeah. Yes. 
And she only lasted for one episode. You know, the last time we saw her, Tiger was chasing her. I always assumed that Tiger must have caught up with her, but they just didn't show that part. <laughs> they, did, they didn't have the behind-the-scenes of the Brady Bunch show. That... Speaking and besides, why are they casting an orange tabby as a female cat, hmm? It, that's what I'm saying. I was thinking the same thing. Finally brought that up. Although I must say I'm the proud owner of, or the proud parent of a female orange tabby. I actually had one. They're rare. Yeah, they're very rare. Twenty percent. Yeah, of the yeah. Orange cat- and and all of her. Well, I actually had her mother, and um, the mother had had three daughters, and uh, they they were all orange tabbies. So your dad was uh, pretty influential in making you an animal lover, wasn't he? Um, my real well, both of them actually. My my real father and Robert Reed, both very very big animal lovers. I I grew up in a household of pets. And I was taught from the beginning that, you know, it was a lifelong commitment. And, you know, if I came in the house and, well, my dog tried to bite me, the, you know, the first thing out of her mouth was, well, what were you doing to the dog? <laughs> <laughs> you said my real dad and, and Robert Reed. Was, was Robert Reed a, a father figure for you? Very much. Very much. For all of us. Um, and and Florence Henderson was, was a, another mother. Um yeah, you know, the relationships that you saw on the screen were actually very real. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, and Robert Reed, um, I got I got a puppy from him. He he had this. Of course, back then we didn't know. We weren't we weren't so aware of how how long it can be to breed. Sure. Um, and and Robert Reed had gotten this pedigree, the German Shepherd, and he named her Susie kind of after me. And um, and before he could breed her, she fell in love with the boy next door. Uh-oh. And she had a litter, get this, uh, three boys and three girls. And I wanted a German Shepherd really bad. I wanted a nice, big, like, rescue dog who would save the world and be super intelligent. And I'd train him, and, you know, it would be just great. So finally I conned my parents into letting me have one of Bob's puppies, and I said, I want a male dog. And Bob came over to the studio with uh, a box full of three little boy puppies and two gorgeous German shepherds and one little runt who kind of didn't have anything going for him. And, of course, that's the one that I picked. Of course. (laughs) And my mom was going, Bob, Bob, tell her no. Tell her to pick one of the other ones. And he's like, no, 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 I, you know, it's her decision. And later on we found out that the mother had actually um, refused to nurse that puppy. And so Robert Reed and his father, who who lived with him, um, both of his parents lived with him, they stayed up nights bottle feeding this puppy. And so Bob was really, really happy when I adopted him. <laughs> Judy has so many questions. I know she wants to ask you something that's totally unpet related about the romances on the set. But before we get there, I want to find out about your artwork and homemade candy. Well, the homemade candy is not something I can really share openly with the public yet. I'm looking for a manufacturer, and um, what I've been doing on a limited basis is at various fundraising functions that we have, I sell, um, I call it edible excrement. Uh, I sell candy kitten crap and puppy poop. And (laughs) it's all very pretty. And I design the artwork on the boxes, and uh, a portion of the proceeds go to... Precious Paws, Petopia, you know, go to Animal Rescue. Being this perishable and it's, it takes a long time for me to make it by hand, I am looking for a manufacturer and, and this, I, I would love for, you know, my, my poop to just 
go all over the place and uh, <laughs> and make tons of money and, and help raise awareness, give everybody a laugh. And it's actually really good <clears throat> uh, poop. It, it's fun. What, what flavor poop is it? It's chocolate. Chocolate But poop. this year I'm going to have crunchy style. Or chunky style, but um, wow. right now it's just regular fudge, and um, I extrude it in a, in a way that makes it look like the real thing. But but also um, at Ketopia right now, there's some of my artwork is there, and I have a line of art called The Art of Rescue by Susan Olson, and a portion of the proceeds for that uh, go to Animal Rescue. And um, go to Facebook, I have a page there. I'm, I'm working right now on building a website where everything can be consolidated. Now, art can be purchased, but right now I do have some pieces at Petopia, which is in the Westfield Promenade Mall in Woodland Hills. In the L.A. area. Okay. Yes. We're going to put links to uh, the Facebook page as well as to Precious Paws in Petopia. We are with Susan Olson. She, of course, was Cindy on the Brady Bunch. And I know Judy has some questions about the romances behind the scenes. We'll ask you about that next. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Police in Cleveland have a new weapon on the war on drugs, and she only weighs eight pounds. Midge, a Chihuahua Rat Terrier mix, is Cleveland's newest canine officer. Canine dogs are usually larger breeds, but Midge doesn't let that hold her back. She just passed her state-certified drug training test with high marks in finding marijuana. Her small size was actually an asset. She has a special talent for sniffing it out, using her tiny nose to get into small spaces. Her talents have landed her on numerous TV shows, including CNN, MSNBC, and the Rachel Ray Cooking Show, where that talented nose of hers probably got a real workout. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. This is Animal Radio. We are with Susan Olson, Cindy Brady from the Brady Bunch, and I know, Judy, you've been waiting for this question all day long. Go yes, ahead. what Go went ahead. on behind the scenes with the, any romances between anybody on the set? Well, I mean, how exciting is, uh, you know, I mean, we were kids. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, much ado has been made of, of Barry and his date with Florence Henderson, which is, if you, if you actually read his book, um, it was nothing more than her being sweet and kind, and agreeing to go to dinner with an adolescent boy who had a crush on her. Aww. And that's all. Um, Mike Wickenland and I had crushes on each other, so we had a little marriage, a wedding ceremony. And I mean, we, hey, we were stuck on the set. We only had each other. Uh-huh. So everybody kind of paired up with their, you know, opposite-sex counterpart. Um, Eve had a crush on Chris for the, for the length of the show. I don't think they... Did anything about it? Uh, although that's been very silly. Maybe, maybe you have to read that. Um, they, they did finally go on a date or two. Uh-huh. But and I guess Maureen and Barry had an on again, off again, crush, dating kind of thing. But I mean, this was this was back then. We were all good kids. You know, we weren't we weren't messing around really. So it, it's it's all pretty pretty boring. <laughs> There you okay, go. Well, that does it pacify you there? Okay. Yes, it does. Well, you're doing great work, and I appreciate you spending time with us today, Susan. Thank you. I, I appreciate that, that you're out there and that you're doing what you're doing. 
we're beginning our 13th year, and it's people like you that oh, have built it and made it what it is. Thank you so much. Susan Olson joining us on Animal Radio. Toll free right now, 1-866-405-8405 to check in. If you want to talk to Dr. Debbie, dog trainer Alan Cable, dog father Joey Volani, we're all here for you right now. You can't talk to me right now. I'm making poop with my hands. <laughs> This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Kensington Books, inspired by true stories of klepto kitties caught stealing from humans. Mac, the mischievous tabby, is back in Mac on a hot tin roof. But this time, there's little time for his usual shenanigans when Mac becomes the foster parent to an orphaned litter of adorable kittens. Filled with lots of catitude and love, Mac on a Hot Tin Roof by Melinda Metz is available everywhere. Books are sold. Visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information. And thanks, Kensington, for underwriting Animal Radio. Everyone's favorite matchmaking klepto kitty, MacGyver, is back in Mac on a Hot Tin Roof. And this time, he's thieving his way through the greatest adventure of all, parenting. When Mac finds a litter of orphan kittens, the mischievous tabby has no choice but to put his life of crime on pause. Because the tables have turned, and now Mac is the one to have something stolen. His heart. Mac on a Hot Tin Roof by Melinda Metz is available everywhere books are sold. For more info, visit kensingtonbooks.com. Hey, y'all. It's Lisa Matassa, and you're listening to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405. Hi, Nick. Hi, how you doing? Doing good. Where are you today? I'm driving. Uh, I'm driving my big truck up here in uh, Kentucky right now. I'm on my way to Indianapolis. Uh, oh. The question I have for Doctor Debbie is: uh, I've got a uh, a uh, husky. Ha- he's half husky and half wolf, and uh, mm-hmm. he's about uh, ten or twelve years old. And we, you know, he he had a problem with itching, and and uh, and we had heard about Dynavite, so we went. We got a bucket of that Dynavite, and. Uh, mm-hmm. We went through one bucket, and uh, he he just seemed like he didn't want he didn't want to eat. He he let it sit there for a day, and we'd have to oh, okay. mix it up. And so then she turned around and she got the the liquid dynavite, and uh, he's just not wanting to eat it. Okay, I don't like change his mind. <laughs> well, I guess the, the first thing that I'd go to is uh, is it the reason of skin problems that you're looking for something? Pardon. What, what exactly are we looking to treat? Because I'm not a fan of just giving something because you hear it on the radio, although Hal may hit me here. <laughs> okay, but okay. I, uh, his fur, he, he, he did a lot of shedding, and uh, okay. we were always, you know, I mean, he'd just get in the car and just brush up against the seat, and the fur would just come out. So we, and that, and uh, the, the chewing and the itching. Okay. And right. uh, so, so I just, I'd heard that it was good. You know, the Dynavite, I'd heard a lot of the commercials on the XM radio about it, so I tried it out. Okay. And when he was on it, did you feel that his coat got better? He just didn't yes. like it? Okay. Yes, I believe, so, I believe his coat got better. Uh, he didn't He didn't do the itching all the time. Just didn't like okay. the flavor, huh? Yeah, I've heard that complaint from some folks that I've spoken to that have used that product, and it's it's not anything that I'd say taste-wise that is the bad thing. What I wanted to get to the heart of is why you were looking for a supplement, what the reasoning was, and then I go from there. So rather than you know spouting off different products, we really need to look at what we were looking for your dog. And if we're looking at skin-related problems, now I gotta say first and foremost, a husky wolf mix. Gosh, you know you got that double coat, so shedding is a natural thing. 
thing of uh, for that breed, um, and uh, working very hard at physical brushing and removal of that double coat. That's really one of the biggest things. Now, for the itching aspect, I often will look for a product that has a good omega fatty acid source, and we usually there's the omega threes and the omega sixes, and it's really important. When we're talking about itching and inflammation, we look for an omega-3 source. And there's a lot of different ones out there. Um, but basically, uh, with supplements, that would be something important, I would say, for a pet that has itching. Now, it also has some benefits, just like with people that take fish oils. It can help with inflammation related to arthritis, heart-related problems, things like that. So that would be something that I would work towards. As far as how do you know what supplements to go with, um, there are some standards that, although this is an area, you know, we don't have FDA supervision over this, so there's a lot of uh, kind of buyer beware when you look into supplements. Um, I can tell you that there is an association that has a quality seal uh, for pet supplements, and I would encourage listeners to look for that if you're shopping for a pet supplement. And it's basically the National Animal Supplement Council, and they kind of have a body of group within this uh, uh, industry where they help to try to keep some standards and hopefully um, make the different companies accountable and stick stick to that quality. So I'd look for that. But basically, I want to make sure you're looking for a good omega source for your baby. And uh, in the veterinary world, I can give you some major brands. Um, and you might just have to check in your areas where, what you have available. Icosacaps, Wellactin, Vetroscience, all of those are some basic names of uh, companies that uh, you might look at your veterinary office for some help there. Okay. Hope all that, right. Hope that helps you, Nick. Uh, just, uh, well, you know, the, the his itching and uh, the licking. I mean, he, he's licked a spot on his leg there, and, uh, you know, after we start giving him the Dynavite, uh, the licking, he stopped the licking, and uh, he's not itching anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, we ran out. And uh, mm-hmm. he started it up again. So the wife thought, well, you know, he doesn't like that powder, so we're going to go, we'll try the, the liquid. And he just, uh, he'll let it sit there all day. He, he won't touch it. Yeah. And uh, she, yeah. Ended up, she ended up pitching a bowl of food because he won't eat it. And we, right. we thought, well, maybe it's the food, you know. And so we tried different uh, types of dog foods and, you know, we're kind of leery about some of the brand, or some of the uh, bargain stuff because of, well, what we've heard about uh, the stuff from China, and so we're we're kind of you know we want something that's gonna, he's going to like, you know, and he kind of likes the gravy train a little bit, and I don't know. We we tried the gravy train, and then we'll 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 mix in the Dynavite, and then you know. And he'll let it sit there. All right. You know, I got to say that for me, I I could pick a lot higher quality foods than gravy train and hopefully skip the supplements because a lot of veterinary nutritionists would argue that we don't need to be supplementing animals if they're on a high quality diet. And that I would say, Nick, I might correct you and, and look in another direction there first and foremost. And fatty acids can be helpful. So there's not, perhaps there was something in that Dynavite that was helpful. I'm trying to give you that guidance to find a proven category of supplement that we can say that this does have skin benefits. And let's just find it in another form. Let's find it in a capsule, a liquid, or another type of a powder. And there are products out there. Um, but you will have to check within your market zone what, what is available there. And you've got to start with your food, first of all. That's, uh, I would uh, that's akin to like going to the drive-thru at McDonald's and ordering the Big Mac and then the Diet Coke. It's, hey, now, I do that all I the time. I know you do that. You <laughs> like that. You like that. But, uh, my wife don't want to, my, my wife, she doesn't want to give him 
uh, people food. Yeah, no, well, no, 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 no yeah. cheeseburger for the dogs. <laughs> Start with the food there, and there's lots of other supplements out there, and and but uh, you got to address the problems, as the doctor says, and start with the food first of all. Thank you for your call today. We appreciate right. that. Check out Animal Radio highlights, all the good stuff without the blah blah blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Hi, this is Carrie Aninaba from Dance with the Stars. Don't forget to stay new to your animals, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks, and the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, there's nothing better than sitting up on the couch with your dog or your cat when it's cold outside. And then they, they look at you with that love in their eyes and you smell their breath. <laughs> and you go, oh my God, you have bad breath. Well, from his fur to his mouth, all sorts of foul emits from your four-legged friend, whether you want to admit it or not. And while we all want to improve our dog's breath for our own peace of mind, in actuality, if you leave it untreated, a dog's bad breath could lead to something worse. So here's some ways to improve your dog's breath while making sure that he's not suffering from other health issues. One is do a regular checkup. It's crazy to realize that bad breath could be caused by a simple piece of food that's lodged in your dog's teeth. He has no access to floss or mouthwash, so you got to help him out. Although I wouldn't put it past some of you to floss your dog's teeth. Brush your dog's teeth daily, not once a month, not once a week, but you got to do it daily. Do the chew. You know how your dog chews sticks outside? Well, that could scare you and annoy you because you're afraid they could choke on something, but it actually helps clean your dog's teeth. And use breath fresheners, greenies. They're one of the most popular, although dentist sticks works well too. And you want to get a professional cleaning. Sometimes your dog's bad breath has just gone a little too far. And you need some professional help. You can't do everything on your own. As pet owners, we all know protecting your animal during harsh winter weather is no easy task. And Morton Salt explored just how far some owners are willing to go to protect their pets through a recent survey of pet owners. The survey was sponsored by Morton Salt's line of pet safe ice melt. That's something you may want to look into because you know that uh, salt on the ground, if you've got snow and ice where you live, uh, here in California, we don't have to worry about that too much, but... If you do, uh, it can burn your uh, pet's paws. So you want to be very careful. Winter weather can be very unpredictable, and it's unsafe for pets. Sarah Shanoa, she's a brand manager for Morton. She said that's why we work with vets to develop Morton Safe Tea Pet. It's a completely salt and chloride-free ice melt. It's safer for pets' paws and stomachs than traditional melting salt. The benefits of using a pet-safe ice melt include decreased irritation and dryness of your pet's paws, as well as being less harmful if accidentally ingested. Using a pet-safe product like Morton Safe Tea Pet will help guarantee that your pet's protected from the chemicals and harmful effects associated with regular non-pet-friendly ice melts. Well, in a revelation that will shock nobody in the world who's ever owned a cat, a new study has found that domestic cats are able to identify their owner's voices. But since they have evolved to know who calls the shots in the human-feline relationship, they choose not to respond to it. 
The study was conducted by researchers at the University of Japan, and they state domestic house cats have never depended on human voice interaction throughout their evolutionary process. Because of this, they have no real reason to spawn to their owners, unlike dogs who've been dependent on their masters throughout their life. So that's why your cat's not answering you. You tell it to clean its room, it doesn't do it. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. Hey, Kim, how are you doing? Hey, great, and thank you so much for taking my call. What's up with you? Well, I have a problem with a dog that I'm fostering. Uh, he was an owner surrender. He is two years old, the Red Doberman. He was kind of rescued from a situation where he was 18 to 20 hours a day crated up. So I've had him for about a week. Very good temperament. He's not aggressive at all, but it's like when he's not in a crate, he does not know what to do with himself. He mm-hmm. paces, he whines, he goes just running in circles around the table and around the island. And um, I've tried a, he has a thunder shirt on. My vet actually uh, recommended some It's homeopathic anxiety relief drops. He's also on those. But literally, he just, it's just like, he just does not know what to do when he's not in well, a crate. Well, so Kim, I, I'm looking you, for any, any inspiration I can get because I feel so bad for him. He's, I, I think, you know, he's, he's a wonderful dog. He's got a lot of potential, you know, and I just want to see him live up to that potential. Well, Kim, you are so lucky because you're getting a double value here today. <laughs> so <laughs> you got both the doc and you got the trainer, Alan. And, and so we're going to help you out with this guy. And I'll tell you, it's wonderful that you're helping this guy, but we do have to really recognize the situation that he did come from. And okay. I'm assuming you do have a crate available for him to find his quiet place. Okay. So, I mean, I'll put my two cents in and I will say that we need some really intensive work both on activity and working with a trainer or behaviorist um, because some of these things can be really difficult to try to turn around. And many of the dogs that have this, um, I find we can't fix them. We can make them better, but they're going to always have some issues. So for a lot of dogs, I look for the dedication, the motivation and um, the right resources. And if you got all of that, then working with a trainer, on the ground, um, I will often put some of the, the bad off guys, the ones that have more generalized anxiety with just about anything, those guys I will put on some behavior modifying medications. And, and they really can be indicated to help facilitate training and to help them be more calm as we're trying to integrate them into a, a more normal lifestyle. So what's chosen kind of depends whether we use something like a, uh, a Clomacalm or if we're using something more like a doggy Prozac. But um, there, there are definitely indications for this. For this type of condition if if he's really that bad um and and i would certainly look at using a combination of giving you said it yourself he doesn't know what to do with himself giving him something to do getting him into some structured physical activity whether that's going jogging uh, getting into agility um you know something where he's actually burning off some energy to decrease that anxiety load that he has and uh and alan i'm sure you have oodles of other things to tell him i have lots of things to say to you girlfriend how are you, Kimmy? Hey, Kim, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. I, I understand how you feel. What do you think is going on inside your dog's head? What do you think goes on inside a dog's head? Well, let's think about that. When you move, you can tell your child, hey, Johnny, we're moving. 
And Johnny understands, hey, we're getting up, we're packing our stuff, and we're going somewhere. But dogs don't get that. They don't, uh, they don't know they're moving. They don't know what's happening to them because you can't explain it to them. But because dogs thrive on structure and stability, it's very, very unsettling to a lot of dogs to just suddenly wind up in a place they've never been. And because the dog was crated, like you said, most of his life, it's like a double whammy. It's like, here's a dog that all of a sudden is in your house with a new person. And not only that, he doesn't have the same crate. He doesn't have the same surroundings. All the furniture's different. The outside smells are different. He's being bombarded with new sensory input. Now, as far as smell goes and sight, all these things are bombarding him. So the worst thing that people do is that they have no patience. We, we live in a, in a culture where everybody wants a fix and everybody wants everything right now. And when you're dealing with a dog, which is a living thing that you can't communicate with, with language, you have to be able to understand that you're going to have to be patient and take your time and lead the dog and give the dog confidence. And that means don't worry about him and, and his kennel and how much time he spends in there. Just put the kennel someplace uh, where you want it to be, leave the door open, uh, put treats in there, uh, let the dog go in there as often as he wants, let him stay in there as often as he wants, and do take your dog for a brisk walk at least once a day for about a half hour. You're not going to talk to your dog. You're just going to walk really fast, leash by the side, arm relaxed, and you are going to take up the slack and just go walking with that dog. And you're going to walk through all kinds of situations and not pay attention to them. You're just going to look forward and move forward, keep the dog's mind moving forward. And over time, as the dog starts to gain confidence and starts to gain trust you know, in you, which doesn't take very long, you're going to notice the dog's going to start mellowing out and start coming out of that crate a lot more often. You know, it's not really that difficult. It just takes patience. And you've got to teach the dog rules and structure and give the dog time, time, okay? Just give that dog time and structure. Everything will work out. Well, thank you so much. I know he's, he has, uh, I have three other dogs here that, that I've rescued, and it's just almost like he's bigger than all the other dogs. It's almost like he's intimidated by them. Uh, you know, I've been, I've got him in the crate, got the crate open. He's started bonds with with me, but it's just sometimes I I want to get him some training because I think that he does need that structure. You know, but my concern is just to be able to get him to focus. It's like when he gets in this mode where he's pacing round and round. It's like he cannot, you know, he cannot focus on what he needs to do. But I really feel like he does need some training, and I think he's going to be a fabulous dog. And if he, you know, if he can't be rehomed, I'm more than willing to keep him because he, you know, he just. He's just a big cuddle bed. So. Oh. But, uh, well, what, I always, what I always say is more, more than anything, it's you who needs the training, okay? <laughs> and when you start to approach him the right way, it's going to change. Everything will change. The dog needs you to lead him. And when you learn well, how she's to do only, that. She's had yeah. the dog a week. Give her a break, man. <laughs> well, I know. And I, I'm, just, say, I'm just saying, I, I can hear in your voice you're a wonderful, loving, sweet person. And believe it or not, that's the biggest obstacle in teaching a dog to be secure. A human being's emotions get in the way more often than anything else. It's the feeling sorry for the dog. It's the worry. All these emotions are weakness to a dog. You can't lead a dog if you're weak. You've got to be confident, secure, and calm. Don't worry about the dog. The dog's going to be fine. Just find ways to be a leader, and the dog will be fine. 
Great. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for your call, Kim. 1-866-405-8405. That is toll-free to the Dream Team here at Animal Radio. Hi, Randy Travis here, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Here is today's top automotive news story. I'm Nick Miles. Genesis has released images of its first SUV, the GV80. The available third row GV80 is based on the new rear-wheel drive platform, unique to the Genesis brand, with all-wheel drive as an option. The V in the GV80 marquee represents the versatile that only a Genesis SUV can offer. It is set to launch globally in 2020, with sales beginning in the home market of South Korea this month find your new genesis see our reviews at ourautoexpert.com think o'reilly auto parts for all of your car care needs we're close convenient and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service for professional parts people you can trust stop by your local o'reilly auto parts today o'reilly auto parts better parts better prices every day hey this is sean hayes on animal radio remember to spay and neuter your pets you're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You know, I had a situation um, in a grooming salon about um, about two weeks ago. I was in there, and I was actually working, and a woman brought in a bouvier. And the haircut on this bouvier was... Um, totally totally messed up and and i do a lot of them i'd actually do a good bouvier and um so she wanted them to look like a bouvier so I, you know i spent a lot of time on this dog did the dog the dog left when the woman came back she said that she doesn't ever want to pay for a haircut like this again and i'm looking at the dog and the dog actually still looks good um a couple of weeks later so I'm, I'm i'm mad but the haircut was so wrong before that that's what she was used to and i get to a point where you know finally i have to say something and i had to go and i had to break out the pictures and i'm like just look at this she wouldn't look at the pictures i was so mad if i could have choked this woman so if this woman's listening your bouvier was groomed right okay was groomed wrong before so i just want you to know that lady so there it's not easy working with the public and let's take one for dr debbie we have bill on line three hi bill how are you doing it's pretty good. Where are you calling from today? Call. Uh, New York. New York! What's going on with your animal? I have Dr. Debbie right here. Yeah, doctor. I have a three-year-old English Springer, and uh, she's getting a habit of uh, eating dung. Eating dog dung or dung. other animal yeah. dung? Yeah, uh, dog's dung. We got, I have another animal, or another dog, too, and she, you know, they play together and stay in the pen, and I let them out, and they'll run around and my springer will start that habit, which I was wondering how to break that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, is this a dog, like a, a kennel, like a fenced-in kennel, or a crate? Um, like a crate kennel. Okay. All righty. As far as, in, I'm taking it that she's only eating the other dog's poop, or is she eating her own yeah. as well? I, I don't know. <laughs> I try <laughs> to keep them cleaned up, and it's. I know she's eating stuff out there, and she comes in and just... Just dung breath, so I know that she's doing that. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, the reasons for why dogs do this, the honest truth is we have a lot of theories, but nobody really knows the absolute certain cause. A lot of times we kind of look back at how puppies are, when they develop and when they're with mom, the mother dog actually licks their 
urogenital area. So they mm-hmm. ingest their feces and their urine. And some people feel that this can be kind of a mimicked behavior that just kind of sets in a pattern and then they just don't kind of get out of. Um, mm-hmm. Other times, you know, we talk about the fat or the protein content in the stool and some dogs are really attracted to things like rabbit poop. Um, yeah. Yeah. Feces, you know, different animal feces because there's different compounds, enzymes, uh, proteins in there that may be somewhat attractive. And it's crazy to think that poop tastes good, but you know what? It really does to some animals. <laughs> so, so in some ways, when you have a positive reinforcement for a behavior, it's hard to stop it because they just enjoy it. Now, some of the things we need to do when we have a doggy that is eating poop is one, we need to take away the opportunity where they can get into that. So that means we have to pick up that poop as soon as it is passed. We don't want to leave that stool left out in their environment where they can get around that in, in just it. The second thing is that we want to um, not make a big deal about it when you do catch them in the act. And mm-hmm. just just like a kid that smacks around his brother or sister for attention so he gets his parents to yell at him, dogs will eat poop because they love to hear us yell, scream, throw things, ah, stop it, stop it, stop it. And that actually again, is a positive reward for that behavior because they just got you off the couch and they just got your attention and now you're paying attention to them. So you want to make sure that you don't react to that that way, but to give them some kind of alternate thing to do. So if a dog is trying to pick up stool, you know, a squeaky toy, a a tennis ball, something you can throw in the other way that is going to get their attention, divert them from the stool, do not make a big deal out of it, do not try to discipline them, make them hold the stool in their mouth or say, bad dog, that's not going to help at all. and then also we want to look at just, you know, keeping these guys from being bored and anxious. So when they do come out of the kennel, we got to divert that activity and energy, get them running, get them doing something so that um, they don't turn, look, see that stool right there and like, okay, that's a great plaything. Yeah. I'm going to go for that. Yeah. Um, so it's okay. kind of a combination of all these things. And, you know, you can do some of the things where people will put cayenne pepper on the poop and so forth. But I think the time you spend walking around with that little Tabasco bottle, <laughs> dressing those the pile, yeah, the piles of poop, <laughs> you might as well um, work on avoidance and keeping that stool out of the environment. So, yeah. And, and there, you know, definitely some people will say, you know, use MSG, add it to the poop or add it to the dog that is passing the poop. Um, and there's a lot of deterrence that they sell on the market. So those things can help, but um, by themselves, they won't solve this. You kind of got to get at the heart of all of these behaviors and, and, and get the dog a job, <laughs> something to yeah. do, and, and then really um, you know keep the opportunity to a minimum. Yeah, it's too bad they can't clean and clean it up themselves. But Hey, yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. It's just that opposable thumb thing. You know, they can't quite get that scooper going. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for your help, Doctor. Thanks, Bill, for your call. Wow. Can I just say wow? Wow. What a really good shoe. That was an amazing... You jam-packed it. I want to thank Paul Reiser for joining us, Ryan Drayback, Susan Olson, and of course you. If you missed any part of the show, head on over to the website at AnimalRadio.com and download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone or Android. You can listen to the show again, listen to the archives, even ask your questions of our dream team right from the app. I wanted to mention this before you go, especially if you have a Shih Tzu or a Pug. If you have a Yorkshire Terriers or a Mini Schnauzer. (laughs) Mini Schnauzer might be another one. (laughs) There's there's an owner's manual that you should check out. Our very own Dr. Debbie wrote, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. It's on Kindle, and we put links over at AnimalRadio.com to find out more. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, you animals. I love you all. Love you, man. See ya. Have a happy week. I will be talking to you next week. I'll be tuned in. I'll be, I'll be hooking up.
is Animal Radio Network. Network.